It's IBD Q&A giveaway number two. We did this over a year ago on the podcast way back in episode 20, so it's been a while. I love doing this type of episode. It's so fun. It's meaningful for me. It's a great way for me to connect with you on this level. So thanks for sending in your cues. So many of them. I was overwhelmed by all of the responses. Well over 100 cues got folded up and went into my large wooden salad bowl to be picked at random to answer for you today. There are some juicy ones and ones I think we all can relate to. And that's the beauty of this. Even if it's not your question being asked, you can still benefit. Plus, there's a giveaway attached to this Q&A episode. I love me a good giveaway. So let's keep it fun and light today to just lift our spirits because the Lord knows we all need that. Here we go. You are listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. Hello, hello, Karen with you again on the Cheeky Podcast, and welcome to IBD Q&A Giveaway Day. I've got a little extra spring in my step, a little oomph in my voice, because it's just that good of an episode. I mentioned in the intro that this is our second time doing the Q&A style episode, and I'm so looking forward to this one. If this is your first time hearing that we're doing a Q&A episode, then you must not be part of our free and fabulous Gut Love community. It's the place to get some extra special love, connect with me through our weekly updates, resources, and recipes that I only share there. If you've got IBD and you're not part of our community yet, we would love to welcome you. Join us at karenhaley.com forward slash community. That's karenhaley.com forward slash community. And don't forget, I spell Karen with a Y. It's K-A-R-Y-N. Haley is H-A-L-E-Y. And when you do join the community, I will be in touch. I can't wait to meet you. So this latest Q&A has a special giveaway attached to it. I am excited about this one because... I'm doing it like a choose-your-own-adventure novel. If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. A choose-your-own-adventure novel where you get to pick where you go next. This is a choose-your-own giveaway with prizes like the new and delicious, and I've tried every flavor, Hue Company Assorted Cookie Basket. If you aren't familiar with Hue, you are going to love this. 
Hue, it's a, I would say a healthily made chocolate company. But in the last little bit, they've branched out into gluten and grain-free, really high quality cookies and crackers and other yummies as well. So part of our choose your own giveaway is a Hue gift basket. There's also Danielle Walker's latest book, Food Saved Me. Danielle is a food blogger and cookbook author for Gut Healthy Recipes. And her latest book, she shares her story and struggle with ulcerative colitis. It's very inspirational. It's perfect. If you don't mind laughing one second, crying the next, and completely getting her story like only we can. And there is also a giveaway option of a Wellbees gift card. Wellbees is an online health food store with amazing gut healthy options that I know you'll enjoy. And I love supporting them. I love supporting this small business because they're doing so much good for our IBD community. So if your cue is answered on the episode today, you get to choose your own giveaway from the list that I'll be sending your way. I want you to have the gift that says, that's me. That's the gift I wanted. So this choose your own giveaway, this type of gift, it's my way of doing just that. And also to just say thank you. Thanks for being part of this podcast, part of our gut love community. I couldn't do any of this without you. So it's my way of saying I appreciate you. Okay, now that we know the gift that might be coming your way, if you submitted a cue and if it ends up on the episode, let's get to it. Let's get to the cues. Question number one comes from Dominica in Hungary. Yeah, Hungary. Dominica says, hi, Karen. My name is Dominica and I'm originally from Poland, currently living and working in Budapest, Hungary, and also flaring in Budapest, Hungary. Actually, I'm being admitted to the hospital tomorrow so I can have an emergency intravenous iron as well as colonoscopy, Mm, which brings me to a question. Dear Karen, please give us a list of snacks we can pack for our hospital stay, taking into consideration that colonoscopy may be involved and there is no fridge available. You're the best. Your happy voice and positive attitude will be in my ears, helping me through this difficult experience in a foreign country. All the best, D. Dominica. Oh, first of all, thanks so much for the podcast love. It absolutely warms my heart. And secondly, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry that you're struggling right now and in a foreign country. That's the worst. I remember back when I was in college, I was lucky enough to be part of a study abroad program. And I became very constipated and even impacted in Holland. And I was taken to a local hospital. The language barrier was a huge challenge, but I remember that the doctor, this is really all I remember from being there. I remember that the doctor had this rectal probe in one hand. And if you're thinking of like the speculum that a gynecologist uses for a pap smear, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. So there's a rectal probe in one hand. And in the other hand is a jar of goo that could only be described as gelatinous snot. So when he told me to bend over with these two things in his hand, I fled from the office in tears, practically. 
Dominica, I say all this just to bring some light humor to the situation that you're in, not to scare you at all, because I have no doubt that your experience will turn out much different than mine. I was young at the time. I didn't know how to handle a situation like that. And I know that you will advocate for yourself and you'll make sure that you understand what's being asked of you. Now, keeping in mind, a colonoscopy is the goal for you. Snacks will be limited to clear liquids. So let's start there. If there is no refrigerator available to you, there still are lots of things you can bring in your suitcase that qualify as clear liquids. You're going to have to do some translation here, some figuring out about hungry because I'm not exactly sure about that, but I'm hoping that you can find something similar to the things I'm going to recommend. For colonoscopy prep, if you could find small bottles of apple juice, white grape juice, you know, like to-go size, cans of ginger ale, 7-Up, tea bags. In America, there are some really good quality bone broth companies that sell their broth in boxes. Kettle and Fire is one of those. You could bring something like that with you because it's in a box, doesn't need to be refrigerated. Of course, water is also key, but also coconut water. You can drink that as well, which you can also bring in a box unrefrigerated. Now, rotating these clear liquids alone, that will get you through. Now, will it be fun? Probably not, but you will get through it. It's not a long period of your life when you have to be having those fluids, those clear fluids, but I know that you'll get through it. There's two other things, though, that I want to point out about when you are just allowed to have clear liquids. So number one is if you're on clear liquids, the hospital should provide you with unlimited clear liquids from broth to tea to 7-Up or ginger ale, jello. These are the kinds of things that most hospitals have. And sure, you could bring your own healthier versions. And of course, that's ideal. But you're in a flare right now. And you're running all over, I can see this, you running all over to get these clear liquids, the snacks to bring to the hospital. It's just not where you want your energy spent, right? And also, even though I have to say, I, I do, you know that I do, I follow a very strict gut healing diet pretty religiously. When it's time for the colonoscopy prep, I don't really worry so much about what's going in because I know it's about to come out. Could I make my own broth, my own sugar-free, dye-free jello, my own iced lemon pops? Of course I could, but I would rather just buy acceptable brands knowing that I'll be starting over as soon as the colonoscopy is done. So for just those couple days, I let it go. I'm not sure if that works for you or fits for you, but I just wanted to throw that out there. And I mentioned that there's one more thing I want to share with you, Dominica, and that's that just because there are no refrigerators doesn't mean you can't bring cold things to a hospital. I just had a Crohn's-related hospital stay back in January, and I knew I didn't want to eat any of the hospital food. So I packed up a small cooler, just a soft-sided small cooler, and in it I put some bone broth, some homemade yogurt, some well-cooked veggies, and some cooked chicken breasts. Just a few things that I could eat when I was allowed to have food. Hospitals 
do not have refrigerators in your room, but they do have ice. Again, not in your room, but they have it. There's ice in the hospital. So along with a small cooler, I will bring some freezer bags, you know, just a package of freezer bags. And then I have my hubby switch out the ice a couple times a day in the cooler, put it in the freezer bag, and then everything stays perfectly cold, perfectly fresh, ready for me when I'm ready to eat it. Now, this is a good place to mention that when you bring said cooler to the hospital, you are going to walk in with it. You're going to walk in like you own the place. You're going to dare anyone to question it. You own that cooler and you will be damned if anyone is going to take it from you. If you know ahead of time, and this is definitely, I have to say, one of those situations where it's better to beg forgiveness than ask questions or permission. But if you know ahead of time that you are not allowed to bring in your own food, just carry it in with you. Maybe put a coat over it or a blanket over it. My hubby did this on that last hospital stay I was telling you about. He put it in my hospital room and then at that point, nobody said anything about it. Which brings me to one last piece of advice for hospital stays, Dominica, and if at all possible, have someone there with you. Your job at the hospital is to reserve your energy and rest so that you can get back to the health that you need. Their job, that person's job that's coming with you, their job is to be the lion at the door to make sure all your needs get met. Having been in a hospital with Crohn's multiple times, too many times that I could count, I can tell you that having a care partner with you is really crucial to a hospital stay. IV getting low, that care partner is the one that's going to call the nurse. No one coming to help you to use the bathroom, which we know happens, that person can help. Doctors are not giving you what you need for your pain to help that be control your pain, they advocate for you. Have someone you trust with your life, someone who is your designated advocate slash helper so you can focus all of your energy on healing because that's what you're there to do. Make sense? Okay, Dominica, you might also be in a hospital where you're allowed to eat more during your stay than just those clear liquids. You mentioned the colonoscopy, so I focused on that. But I will also message you privately with some other options for you. I will reach out and send those your way as well with your giveaway prize, which is going to Hungary. How cool is that? That's definitely the farthest an IBD Q&A prize has gone. I love it. But I will reach out to you privately with some other options, snacky options for when you're allowed to have more than clear liquids as well. Okay, above all, I have to say before we move on to question number two, I'm wishing you a speedy recovery, remission soon. I just hope that the colonoscopy is worth all the efforts that you're taking. And you too, dear listener, you, if you're going through this as well, I'm sending you healing vibes too. This must be the time of year for colonoscopies because I've been hearing from you a lot about colonoscopies, cues about your colonoscopies, your upcoming ones. You know what? I'm also thinking that now that I think about it, I just did an episode not that long ago 
the secret to manageable, tolerable, and even enjoyable colonoscopies. I did that a few weeks back. That was episode 80. If you want to check that one out, that might be helpful for you too, Dominica, as well as you. If you're having a colonoscopy in the near future, I will leave a link for it in the show notes at karenhaley.com forward slash 84. Okay, question number two. Question number two comes from Lisa, Lisa in San Diego. Oh, I love, I love this because I love San Diego. My uncle lived there. He actually, he lived in Alpine, which is a suburb. If you're familiar with the area, that's where he lived. And I loved visiting him. Oh, wow. He's since passed, but what a great city. Okay, so Lisa says, I have been on an IBD flare diet and I'm now ready to start reintroducing foods. What is the best strategy to do that? I do not do well with added oils. Thanks. Love reading, listening to your podcast best. Lisa. Okay, Lisa, thank you for the podcast. Love, I appreciate you. And I'm so happy that you wrote in with this question because I know this is going to help many who are going through this very thing. It's tough when you move out of a flare your situation is precarious, right? You just kind of got over the hump. So your situation is a little bit tenuous to say the least. You don't want to eat anything that would jeopardize what you've accomplished. So first of all, I would say to try to find ways to combat stress and anxiety that can bring these kinds of feelings up in you, up for you. Because as we all know, stress can be a trigger of our IBD just as much as food can. Now notice I said find ways to combat the stress, not ways to get rid of it. I really just like it when people say, well, you have to get rid of the stress because uh, speaking from experience, that's just not gonna happen. Stress is going to happen. The more we try to wish it away or push it away or not feel it, the worse that things will get. It just makes sense. With stress, it's about finding ways to manage it. That's what it's about. And the simplest and most in the moment way to positively impact stress is with deep breathing. I've talked about this technique many times before, so I won't go heavy into it here, but a good four, seven, eight breath is good to adopt, a good four by four breath. They both work wonders for that in the moment stress, but there's also other stress management tools that I love that are in my stress management tool belt kit. And if you don't have that yet, be sure to download it. You can get it at karenhaley.com forward slash stress. karenhaley.com forward slash stress, Karen with a Y. It's really a huge help when you are moving into IBD maintenance life. It's not just about the food. We got to think about the stress as well because we want to keep you there, right? Okay, next, when it comes to that reintroduction of foods after a flare, I always recommend going tortoise slow. And I know that it can be frustrating. I know it's painful when all you want to do is say, I'm feeling great. Let me go straight for that chocolate cake. But do yourself a favor. Do it. Go slow. Your body, it will be so thankful that you did. When you go tortoise slow, you can then go 
much further with food because you gave your body the time that it needed to adjust and assimilate. Now, what might that look like? What will that look like for you, Lisa? Well, introducing foods at a tortoise pace means that you're starting with the easiest to digest foods possible. You may have already done this, and if you have, just start with where you're at right now. But let's let's assume that this is where you're starting. So you would start with your cooked, deseeded, skinned foods. Let's see how you do with those foods first. So you're going to peel and cook that apple. You're going to choose easily digested squashes. Yes, please. I love me some squashes. And in the cooking process, you will stay away from those oils that you don't tolerate. And I have to say that I'm glad you brought that up because it's really common for IBDers to not tolerate oils. Because of our inflamed, angry intestines, or sometimes because we've had portions of our intestines removed, we don't always digest fat so well. Taking digestive enzymes with your first bite of food, that can be really helpful. But if you just know that you don't tolerate fat in the form of oils, and if you're seeing oil rings in the toilet bowl when you go number two, or you're wiping with the toilet paper and it feels greasy, this is a good sign that you don't tolerate fats so well either. If that's the case, just stay away. You can cook and bake without using much oil at all. Now, once you know cooked, deseeded, skinned food works well for you, now it's time to move on to cooked food with skins and with seeds. And if that goes well and you've given your body time to make the adjustment to it, now it's time to see how raw food goes. So you see how we're kind of stepping up every step of the way. We're just moving a little bit farther from easily digested foods to foods that take a little bit longer to digest and absorb. So we've now moved into raw food. And in that case, I would start with soluble fiber first, the kind of fiber that is easier to digest. Peas, beans, carrots, avocados, pears, apples. Once you do those kinds of foods, then you're going to move into the more insoluble fiber foods, celery, cucumbers, greens, berries, nuts, seeds. And if you're adding in grains, a really good grain to start with is an ancient grain, quinoa. It's a wonderful one to start with because it is one of the easiest to digest. And if that goes well, then you might want to move into some basmati rice because that's the easier rice to digest. Sweet potatoes, that's another option. They're a little bit less starchy than your traditional white potato, so they're a little bit better for your gut health. While you're adding in these foods, and it can take a few months to do it because you're doing it at that pace that is best for your body, you're also keeping up with good quality, organic if possible, protein. Chicken, turkey, fish, bone broth if you tolerate it. Stick with whole foods, stick with healthy foods, low sugar, low carb foods, and just go slow, slow, slow. You're going to be adding in new food about every three days. And yes, I know it's slow, it's strict, but the result that you get by doing it this way Getting your life back, oh yeah, absolutely worth it. 
Now, sometimes you may come across a food that doesn't agree with you and that's okay. You're going to set it aside and just move on. You can always try it later when more gut healing has taken place. One last piece of advice that I'll leave you with, Lisa, is to be keeping a food journal during this whole process because a food journal will help you track what you're eating and how it's impacting your body. And this is capital H huge during just during this time period. It's a tedious, annoying, time-consuming process. Yes, it is. But you will be so much better off when you do this. And I'm telling you from years of working with clients, the ones who keep a food log are the ones who set themselves up for long-term success. And I've got my own food mood poop journal. That's what I call it because it looks at your food, your mood, and your poop and other things as well. I have my own that I use with my clients and you are welcome to use that or you could find a phone app that works for you because there's many phone app food journals out there. And there's many ways to food journal actually. You can even just buy a blank journal and you could start there. Whatever method you choose, it doesn't matter. But I highly recommend that you start with my FMP journal so that you can see what type of information is most important. Because I've seen with many of those apps, they crop up from time to time, those food journal apps. They just don't have all of the necessary tracking mechanisms. You can get your FMP journal by going to karenhaley.com forward slash journal, karenhaley.com forward slash journal. That will at least help you out if you want to choose a different method. Absolutely go for it. Just know what kinds of things are important to include. Okay, Lisa, I will be in touch with your giveaway prize. Thanks again for your question. It really is such a good one. I'm glad you asked it. And I just wanted to let you know that I'm wishing you continued health and long-term remission. You have got this girl. Go for it. All right, let's move on to question number three. Question number three comes from Natalie. Natalie is from Texas and she's 19. I remember being 19 with IBD because I had IBD as well when I was 19, Natalie. And I have to just tell you from a gal who's been there myself that I'm just sending you energy. I'm sending you healing vibes. And Natalie is also newly diagnosed. So this is a really rough time. And so I just got to tell you, my heart goes out to you because I know that There's just so much to navigate in the beginning. So I want to let you know, we will get to your question. But just so you know, please reach out to me anytime as you're just starting out with all of this. I'm happy to help you navigate and get some answers to the questions that I know will come up for you. If you're newly diagnosed or you're struggling with gut healthy snacks, this is a question that I think will support you as well. So Natalie says, I just, I was just diagnosed after a seven day stay at the hospital with ulcerative colitis. I'm having a hard time figuring out what snacks I can eat that are ready made and bought from the store. So what are some ready made snacks that can be bought from the store like chips and stuff? I seem to be doing okay with baked chips. All the research into what I can and can't eat is has been overwhelming and I'm not sure how to put everything into a meal besides salads and wraps. Okay, 
So many directions I could go with this question. I know on the surface, it seems like this is a straightforward question, but there's lots to unpack here. Let me start with this. One of the best things to learn early on about IBD is that what works for one person is not necessarily what works for someone else. We can drive ourselves, and lots of people have, we can drive ourselves crazy looking for that one diet, that one supplement, the one medication, and the one snack that works for all of us. Oh, there are people on the internet, people on Facebook, people in Facebook groups, on IG and TikTok, and they will tell you that there's only one way. There's one way to heal. But do yourself a favor and don't waste your precious time. Now, don't get me wrong. It's absolutely worth it to peruse, to ask questions, to get suggestions. But then, then it's about experimenting to find out what will become the best path forward for you. The other thing that I will say about food, and especially with snacks, is that we have to be careful with foods that seem to help us. Or actually, let me say foods that seem to not hurt us. That's what I'll say. Foods that seem to not hurt us. And there are foods that may seem to make sense in the moment, but that our condition becomes worse when we eat those in the long run. Let me just give you an example from my own life with IBD. So for 20 years after I was diagnosed, I ate lots of mashed potatoes and gravy, mac and cheese, garlic bread, pasta, all because it was bland. All because it was comfort food. And I felt comforted when I ate it. And I didn't know that slowly, over time, it was wreaking havoc on my intestines. I didn't end up in the bathroom right away, so I didn't know it was slowly changing the bacterial balance in my gut. That, you know, that microbiome that everyone talks about. It was slowly moving the good bugs out and the bad bugs in. So in the long run, those supposed comfort foods, those bland foods, they weren't worth it at all. So when it comes to snacks, We need to be careful here as well. Many store-bought snacks are unhealthy or worse. They're seemingly healthy, but actually it's just a package full of fire that inflames your intestines, whether you feel it in the moment or you feel it later. Whatever snacks you choose, my advice to always is to just always be mindful of that. That's it. I just wanted to mention that just to kind of put that out there, put it in the back of your mind. So, With that said, I will definitely give you some gut-healthy store-bought snack ideas, Natalie, and that these might also work for you, dear listener, but also know that everyone with C&C is different. Experimenting with everything from food to medicine to supplements to mindset, mindset techniques and lifestyle factors, it's part of our healing Crohn's and colitis journey, right? Part of your own journey. With store-bought gut healthy snacks, the good news, I love this, the good news is that in recent years, Lots of options have become available for us. You can easily find low FODMAP snacks, paleo snacks, Whole30 approved snacks, and 
These are the type of store-bought snacks that I'd say are potentially the most anti-inflammatory, antibacterial proliferating, and immune boosting for our digestive system. So those are the kinds of things that you want to look for, those types of snacks. And I would always start here with the simplest, most pure snack that's available to all of us. And that's just really simple fruits and vegetables in their whole state. Easy to buy at a grocery store, easy to have on hand. You can even dip your fruit in, like you could dip a ripe banana in some yogurt or a dip. Or you could dip some carrots into some hummus or some guacamole. And depending on where your digestive tract is, those veggies that you're dipping, they can be cooked, right? They can be cooked. It doesn't have to be raw. They could be cooked to help you with easier digestion. For packaged on-the-go snacks, my favorite brands are, I have lots of them, but I think my favorite are, number one, Simple Mills. Simple Mills. They make crackers, cookies, and some other snacky kind of products. Siete Foods is another great one. They have gut healthier options for tortilla chips, for dips, for wraps, things like that. Go Go Squeeze, that's another brand. I They do have all fruit packs, but I actually like their fruit and veggie packs better. They have things like carrot apple pear or sweet potato berry. I know it might sound kind of weird mixing your fruit and veg together like that, but actually it's really delicious. I get those a lot and take them on the go. A company called Bear, B-A-R-E, they make apple chips that are absolutely delicious. I would check them out. Manuvo Harvest, they make these delightful dried tropical fruit packs. So pineapple, mango, passion fruit, all kinds of things like that. Those are delicious. Oh, and I'll spell that because you might that might not be familiar with that one. It's Manuvo, M-A-N-U-V-O, Manuvo Harvest. So that's the dried fruit. If you're looking for some on-the-go protein snacks, and sometimes we need that, Epic, a company called Epic, they have super clean and delish jerky. So that would be like beef jerky, pork, turkey, venison, chicken. They have all kinds of flavors with all kinds of meats, anything from super sweet to super spicy, but in a healthy way. You know, they're not adding in sugar It's just the ingredients that they use make it sweet or spicy. For vegetarian protein, there's a company called Eat the Change. Eat the Change. They make, listen to this one, mushroom jerky. Keep an open mind here. I know it sounds different, but they're actually really good. My favorite flavor of the Eat the Change jerky is the maple mustard, but they have lots of options. That's just the one I like best. You also mentioned chips, Natalie, so I wanted to touch on that for a second. For you and for everyone else, I just want to use a word of caution with those kinds of chips. Just be careful because even with baked options for chips, they sometimes will still use unhealthy oils to bake in like canola, cottonseed, or soybean oil. Look for chips that are baked in avocado oil. And I would also just suggest just eating them sparingly. You know, it's really a treat type of option. Sweet potato chips, that's a healthier option than your traditional potato chips. And of course, you could also do Siete food tortilla chips instead. I mentioned that earlier, the Siete foods. So that's an option for you as well. 
that's just a few options to help get you started. If gut healthy on-the-go snacks are something of a struggle for you and finding gut healthy store-bought snacks, that can be challenging for all of us, you're going to want to check out my awesomely easy on-the-go snack list. It's got a bunch more options for store-bought gut healthy snacking ideas as well as some recipes for on-the-go snacks too. If you want to just whip up something pretty quick, you can do it at home. If you go to karenhaley.com forward slash snacks, you can get that there. My awesomely easy on-the-go snack list. It's at karenhaley.com forward slash snacks. Okay, one last thing that I think is going to be helpful for you, Natalie. And you too, you too, dear listener, are some good options for purchasing your gut healthy snacks. Yes, we want those healthy snacks, but where do we get them? Well, in your own community, the best place to look is the health food stores, right? Like Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, or even better, your local market. Search at your local market. We love giving them business. They will have all kinds of options for you and then some, right? Like the ones I mentioned and lots more. Your standard grocery store might even have it. It really depends on where you live, how big the grocery store is, but at my grocery store, they have a health food section, which is nice because you can go there and get some healthy snacks. If you want to shop online, of course, look no further than Amazon. Also, Thrive Market, Thrive Market, that's an online healthy option grocery store with great prices, and also Wellbees. I mentioned them earlier. It's one of my favorite go-to gut healthy sites. You can trust that every snacky food on the site is gut healthy for most, I'll say for most, right? Because again, back to we're all different, but really good high quality things on that site as well. And Wellbees, I know it's not a word that it's, it's not in the English language, but it's also, I'll spell it for you. It's W-E-L-L-B-E-E apostrophe S. Wellbees. Okay, so I will link to Wellbees and Thrive Market in the show notes in case you want to check them out. And that is at karenhaley.com forward slash 84. Okay, question number four. Question number four. Question number four comes from Giovanna in Italy. Giovanna says, Dear Karen, thank you for this opportunity. Here is my question. It's a thought that is struggling me right now. This Easter, I'm planning to travel by train for a weekend to visit my sister. What are the most important things apart from meds to carry with me in my suitcase? These items that would really help in case of flare or things and behaviors that would prevent them. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to finish up here. She says, ciao which is the best. I love Italian. She says, ciao, Giovanna. Okay, awesome question, Giovanna. I love it because travel is always a big issue for us. Travel can be really stressful for those of us with IBD. Will a flare happen while I'm gone? What will I do if it does? Being in a place that's different from normal and in my natural environment, what will I do? Where will I go for help if something comes up? It's really hard. And of course, the stress we put on ourselves worrying about all of this before we even leave, that doesn't help at all. Okay, let's unpack this for Giovanna so that she can go on her trip with 
lots of good information. And let's unpack this for you as well, because you might be traveling in the near future too. So the truth is, most everything you need to stay healthy on your trip, most of it isn't in your suitcase. It's the before you go preparations. It's the food you eat while you're away. And it's the pace that you set for yourself while you're there. It's usually the stress, the lack of sleep, and the hectic schedule that get that flare bubbling up. So just be mindful of that. Be thoughtful of that when it comes to getting ready to or being on your trip. But that said, there are a few things that always go in my luggage every time I travel. I always, always, always take Imodium, and that is the brand name, but the actual drug name is Loperamide. It's that diarrheal help, the quick help for diarrhea, often called Imodium. At least in America, you can see what it's called in Italy. And I will also pack the opposite remedy. I will pack a Fleet's Enema. And again, Fleet's is the brand name. Enema is the liquid that you put in your bum. It's really helpful when you have bad constipation. It helps you go. So those are the most common things that tend to happen to us when we travel, the diarrhea and the constipation. So I always have those things with me on hand just in case. I also usually bring a heating pad or a hot water bottle that you can fill and they're wonderful because you can lay them really very flat in your suitcase so they don't take up a lot of room and they're great if you end up eating something that upsets your belly. Hemorrhoid cream, that's another thing that I bring. It's really good to have that on hand just in case you get too much diarrhea, you get constipated and your bottom gets sore from having the hemorrhoids. I like to bring hemorrhoid cream as well. On a related note, it's really important to go as well with immune boosting supplements because getting sick can induce a flare up as well, as we all know. For me, those immune boosting supplements that I always travel with are apple cider vinegar. And you can get apple cider vinegar in these I think they're cute. These cute little travel size bottles, which are fantastic. I also like to bring for immune boosting vitamin C, elderberry syrup, and also zinc. And also digestive enzymes because they can really help you with digesting food when you're eating out. So those are some of the supplements I like to bring. A couple other things that I would say about traveling with IBD is that if you're traveling to a different country... Just be careful of the water that you're drinking and not just contaminated water. That's not, that's not all that I'm talking about, but just water from a different place than we're used to. Remember that severe constipation incident that I mentioned earlier, the one when I was visiting Holland? It happened because the water in Europe is just really different than the water in the States. And I've tested out this theory multiple times on my travels and it always ends up being the case. Also, even more important than what you bring with you, Giovanna, is that you build yourself up before you go. And two ways to do that are with probiotics. You could take supplements or getting your probiotics in some homemade fermented yogurt or some sauerkraut. And then the other way to build yourself up is with collagen or with bone broth to help strengthen your intestinal lining. Really try your best to be well rested before you travel 
as unstressed as possible before you travel because those things are key as well. And remember to bring as much food as you possibly can with you. I will pack a small suitcase full of food that I know will work for my sensitive belly. I bring it with me every time I travel. I bring it on a plane. I bring it when I'm going on a cruise, on, in a car, pretty much any way I travel, any way imaginable. And I have talked about this already in episode 65. That was the beyond, eating beyond your four walls. And it was part four of the series, Gut Happy Healthy Travel with Crohn's and Colitis. So if you want further information on traveling with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, that's a good episode to listen to. And of course, I'll leave a link for it in the show notes, but it's episode 65 because you could find that on your podcast player as well. All right, let's see. I think we could do one more question. We can fit one more question in before we wrap up for today. Remember, if your question did not make it on the episode, I will be in touch with an answer. I promise you. Just give me a couple weeks. I'm sure that I can get to everyone who submitted a cue. Okay, this was so fun. I love these IBD Q&A giveaways. We're going to have to do more of them. Remember, if you want to be part of the fun too, if you want to submit a cue and have the possibility of getting a giveaway gift the next time we do this, you've got to be part of the Gut Love community, our free and fabulous space for moms with IBD. Lots of perks and resources at your disposal. So join us there by going to karenhaley.com forward slash community. I can't wait to meet you. All right, this is it, the last one, question number five. Our last question comes from Jessica in Oklahoma City. And Jessica says, Dear Karen, I found your podcast not long ago, and I've already binge listened to every episode from the first one. What a find. I'm really grateful for what you do. I don't think you've talked about my question yet. I was diagnosed with colitis last year and it's been an awful year. I've been in the hospital three times and my doctor isn't any help. He keeps saying I have to give the medication I'm on a try, but I just know I'm not going in the right direction. I know there are other kinds of doctors out there who help people with colitis, but I don't know where to look to find them. Who else helps people with IBD? Someone with a more natural approach? Thanks, Jessica. Jessica, I love that you binged all of the episodes of the Cheeky Podcast. That absolutely makes my day. So I hope that they've been helpful, almost kind of like a snuggly blanket by your side during this challenging year that you've had. This is such an important question. And I have to say that it shows that you are already stepping into your IBD power center you are questioning if there's another way. You are advocating for yourself. And I love that. I absolutely love that. So no matter what happens, this spirit that you have, it will always serve you well. And even though you don't mention it, I'm going to just have to guess here and surmise. I'm going to have to guess that the type of doctor that you've been seeing up till now is a gastroenterologist because that's the type of doctor that most people go to first for Crohn's and colitis. So I'm going to assume that. I'm going to assume that's what you mean. But if it isn't, if there's a different kind of doctor you've been seeing, please email me and just let me know. 
Okay, I think many ladies with IBD, I think many of us are walking around in a daze, feeling that same way that you are, Jessica. I have this doctor, he or she tells me what to do, they expect me to do it, and I feel it in my bones. I feel like there may be other options, but I don't know where to start. The first thing that I want to say, Jessica, is don't give up your doctor, your gastroenterologist. They are usually your best link to medications, to procedures like endoscopy and colonoscopy, and also to the hospital. Gastroenterologists, they definitely have their place in your IBD care. But you're also right that there may be other options worth exploring, ones that look more at root cause instead of symptom relief medication. These types of ideas that your traditional doctor might not be familiar with. Root cause practitioners, they usually fall under a few titles. So that would be like functional medicine doctor, integrative medicine doctor, and also naturopath. Depending on where you live, and I'm not really familiar, I have to say, with the practitioner situation in Oklahoma City, but depending on where you live, there may be lots of doctors or there may be only a few. And traditionally, doctors like this, they don't take medical insurance. Some do, and it really depends on the state because every state has different rules about how and where they can practice. But by and large, these types of doctors, they have what's called fee-for-service practices. And that doesn't mean that you can't use your HSA, your health savings account, or it doesn't mean you can't submit to insurance yourself for reimbursement. It just means that you pay upfront, and then you see how much you can get reimbursed later. If you can afford it though, doctors like these usually have a very interesting and very helpful take on gut health. One that goes much deeper than your traditional doctor. I would say, however, that if you're looking for a doctor like a functional, an integrative, or a naturopathic doctor, I recommend you look for someone with experience treating Crohn's or colitis because many of them will say, I treat everyone. And that's really not the kind of help you're looking for. You want someone with knowledge of IBD. Some practitioners will even only treat IBD patients. If you can find somebody like that, that is the absolute ideal scenario because that's what they do all day. They know IBD. I also want to mention that it's okay if a practitioner you find isn't local because nowadays telemedicine is everywhere and we can thank COVID for that. One of the good things that COVID brought. So your root cause doctor may be located in another state, but they might have a licensure. They might have licensing privileges in your state. It's always a good idea to ask because you never know. To get started finding a more natural practitioner, I would start by just doing an internet search, something like functional gastroenterologist in Oklahoma or integrative medicine doctor in Oklahoma. And then you can widen your search as needed, remembering that you might be able to consult with a doctor out of state via telehealth. There's also a few websites that I think are best when you're searching for a more root cause specialist. So there's a website called 
IFM, the Institute for Functional Medicine. They have a really great search feature to help you find a provider, a functional medicine provider. That's helpful. And then the Andrew Weil Center for Integrative Medicine. It's in Arizona. They also have on their website a good search feature to help you find an integrative medicine practitioner. There's even a box on that website where you can check that you're looking for a telemed provider. So it helps you even narrow it down more. I would start with those two places first, the you know the general search right in your neighborhood, and then the other two options I mentioned, I would start there. And if you encounter any problems, get in touch because I'm happy to help you find someone in your area or someone you can link up with for telehealth. Besides a root cause medicine doctor, There are some other practitioners that some of my clients have found to be helpful. So I want to mention those as well. And these would be practitioners like an acupuncturist, an herbalist, a chiropractor, someone experienced in Reiki or craniosacral therapy, a homeopathic doctor. And really, there are so many options that I could give you. That's just a few. If you're looking for a more food and lifestyle focused practitioner, there's always a nutritionist or a health coach who specializes in Crohn's and colitis. My coaching practice is 100% IBD clients, has been for the last 10 years, and I'm always happy to chat with you to help you get your questions answered to help you find what you're looking for. Remember that we're all different. What works for us, what works for one, doesn't necessarily work for someone else. So keep experimenting and keep searching. You will find someone, or if you're blessed, someones to add to your IBD healthcare team. They can all be valuable. It's about finding the practitioner that you connect with and the one that you feel can help you. All right, we did it. We did it. Another IBD Q&A giveaway has come and gone. And this was so much fun. I love these episodes where I get to just connect with you on a more personal level. So I have to just say thanks because I really enjoyed this truly from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for all of your submissions. I Like really just blown away. I was just blown away with your super insightful questions. I promise I will get to all of them. If you don't hear from me in a couple weeks though, please reach out again and just ping me and say, hey, I submitted a question. Did you have a chance to look at it? Since there were so many responses, I just want to make sure that nobody gets lost in the shuffle. Okay, I mentioned lots of resources today. It was a big resource day. So let me give you them all one more time. Let me give them to you all at once. If you want to get a pen or paper or open your notes app, hit pause real quick and then come right back because this is the time to write them down. Okay, are you ready? The first one I mentioned was our Gut Love Community, our free and fabulous community for IBD mamas. And you can... Become a member of the community at karenhaley.com forward slash community. Next was the stress management tool belt kit. You can get that at karenhaley.com forward slash stress. Easy peasy. Just karenhaley.com forward slash stress. Then I mentioned the food mood poop journal. Your food mood poop journal, which is perfect when you are trying to figure out 
what foods work for me, how does it affect my poop, my mood, my other symptoms. It's really a must when you're trying to figure out the whole food is medicine approach. You can get that at karenhaley.com forward slash journal. And then lastly, I want to mention my awesomely easy on-the-go snack list. Lots of yummy snacks listed there along with some easy snack recipes that you can make at home. That you can get by going to karenhaley.com forward slash snacks. All right, just one quick reminder, Karen is spelled with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y for those links. There's a couple other resources that I also mentioned in this episode and links for those can be found at the show notes. Of course, the links I just gave you are also in the show notes. So if you want them all in one quick and easy place, you gotta go to the show notes, karenhaley.com forward slash 84. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Thanks for having a fun time with me today. And thanks for just being you. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy gut healing journey. Chat soon.